If you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. We're looking at verses 11 through 14. Speaking on the topic of Christ's superior ministry. Now, our outline this morning has one main point Christ's high priestly ministry surpasses the old covenant ministry or worship. That's the main point, sub points under that. The reason why is first, uh, Christ is a better priest. Uh, he ministers in a better sanctuary. He offered a better sacrifice and his sacrifice brought better results. And we'll see this in verses 11 through 14. Look with me at the text. Remember, this is God's holy word. Let us give our full attention to God's word. Verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once and uh, once for all into the holy place, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of the defiled person with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purpose of the uh, purification of the flesh, how much more would the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. This is God's holy word given to us to feed our souls. So let us take and eat of God's word here this morning. As we studied last week, uh, we saw that the old covenant and its worship, it was, it was glorious. It uh, enabled uh, the people of Israel to have a, a relationship with God. But it was something about that old covenant worship and its limited access. It's limited access for the common person. It was something about that. It, it preached something to us. And the writer pointed that out next, uh, last week. And he said that the spirit indicates in verse eight, he, he, he says that the spirit indicates the way was not yet open in verse eight. The tabernacle and everything in it, uh, the, the furniture, the priest, the high priest, the tabernacle and all this, this worship, it, it, it said something uh, to us that that access to God's presence uh, was was restricted. It was limited. The people could only come near uh, they could only come into the courtyard. They couldn't go into the tabernacle, at least they died. The high priest could come into the tabernacle, but he couldn't go into the holiest of holies, 
lest he die. And the high priest, he could go into the holiest of holies, but he only could go once a year. And he had to offer blood. And, 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 and it says something to us. It says something that as long as the tabernacle was still in operation, as long as there was a, a, holy, pla- a holy place reserved only for the, for the priest, as long as there was the most holy place reserved for the, only for the high priest, as long as the earthly tabernacle was in operation, access to God for the common person was limited. It, it, we, we could, if, if you think about it, if you think about the, the, the access to God that the, the person of the Old Testament, the, the, the average Israelite had, it was this. It was that they, you could draw near, but don't come too close lest you die. You, you can draw near, draw near to God, bring the sacrifices, bring your gifts, give them to the priest, but don't come too near lest you die. And, and that, that was a, uh, 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 that was preaching something to us by the Holy Spirit. These, these, these external ceremonies, these rituals, these, these ordinances, these sacrifices, the gifts, uh, th- these, these provided limited access. And, and, and most importantly, they didn't provide any kind of internal purity in any kind of purity spiritually. Uh, the, the things that uh, the, the tabernacle, the priests and the furniture, they, they were only these things were only symbolic and they pointed to something greater. The tabernacle was a sermon and the priest and the high priest was a sermon that preached Christ in the Old Testament. The, 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 it was uh, and it, it pointed to the need of Christ. That's why these sacrifices are offered uh, uh, time and time, day in, day out, year in, year out. And, and it showed that the, the ineffectiveness of the, the animal sacrifices in purifying the believer, in purifying the worshiper, it didn't purify their conscience, it didn't purify them spiritually where they can have true fellowship, full fellowship, whole fellowship with God. And, and this was by God's, God designed it this way. God designed it. God ordained that the, that this old system, the old covenant be incomplete, that, that it be inadequate, that it be temporary because he was sin, Christ, Christ. And, 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 and his covenant that he mediates will do what the old covenant could not do. So let's look. Look at the text. Christ. Let's look at, at, at Christ's superior ministry. Christ, his high priestly ministry, it surpassed that of the old covenant. We'll see that here in, in verses 11 through 14. First, we'll see that Christ is a he's a better high priest. I, I know you've heard this before. And what the author has been doing, he has been building. and He's going to continue to build all the way to chapter 13. He's building. He's going line upon line. He's building. He's making his point. He's making his point uh, clearly and succinctly. And, and so we see here that, that Christ is a, is a better high priest. Look at verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest, the, the, the word but here draws a, a contrast. 
it's a con it draws a contrast to what the author has just said in verses one through ten. And 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 and, and it draws a contrast be between the, the shadow, the shadow, uh, the shadows of the of, of Christ. And, and now the the what we see is that in, in Christ we see the reality. In the tabernacle, we saw the shadow of Christ. These things, they point to the, to Christ. The high priest, they pointed to Christ. The, the furniture pointed to Christ. But now we see the reality. Now. But when Christ. The, we, we, here we have the reality. Christ. Don't miss that name. Christ, the, the long. And remember, that, that the author is writing to Jews and, and this wording is intentional. Christ, the long awaited Messiah who had been promised to, to Israel for, for many centuries. The one who the Old Testament said would come and restore all things. Christ has come. He has arrived. And, and, and he has arrived. The, the scripture says here, he has arrived as a high priest. He's Christ has a, your high priest, your great high priest is none other than Christ, the promised Messiah. He's trying to he's building a case that Christ is superior. Don't go back to the Old Testament priest. Don't go back to the high priest. Christ is a fulfillment of, of all of that. He is our great high priest and he is here. He has arrived. This is God's son, Christ, the son of God. The one who has the government on his shoulders. The one who has come to make things right. He is, the writer says, but when Christ appeared as a high priest, John Brown said of this, this verse, he said, you can sum it up this way. John Brown said, quote, the sum of the statement in the text is this. The Messiah had, having come, he, the Messiah having come in the character in which he was promised. <laughs> he has done all that it was. He has done all that it predicted, that was predicted he should do. That's what the writer is, is, is pointing to, to, to the fact that the son of God is, is Christ, the Messiah. It was promised that he would come and, and make things right. And the writer said that this is it, it is true that that he has come and he has done what was promised in the Old Testament. Christ, Christ appeared, the writer says, Christ arrived. He, he, he arrived as a, as a high priest of the good things, of the good things that have come. Christ's arrival uh, as a high priest, it, it, was a, it was a turning point of history. <laughs> it, it was a turning point in history when, when everything changed. Everything changed when Christ came on the scene. The old covenant is becoming obsolete. We read and uh, that we read uh, previously in, in, in verse uh, 12 of, of chapter 8. The, the old covenant is becoming obsolete. It is growing old. It is, 
It is ready to vanish. And, and how do we know that? How do we know that Christ has brought in, in a new age, in, in a new era, that, that things have changed? There are no sacrifices being offered today. There, there are no, no, no Jews worshiping in the temple because the temple has been destroyed. Christ has come and brought and, 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 and signified that, there, that God is, is doing a new thing now in Christ. Because of Christ, because of Christ, the people of God now possess the blessings, these certain blessings, uh, uh, blessings of God's grace that now we have access to God. We have peace with God. The presence of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit indwells us. He indwells us. We, we have a new heart. We, we, we have a cleansed conscience. We have forgiveness of sins. We have justification. We have sanctification. We have eternal inheritance. Christ has brought about a new thing. And these readers, and perhaps some of you here today who have not received Christ, perhaps you like these readers you, you haven't uh, fully gone all the way to Christ. Perhaps you, like the readers, you're dull of hearing and you hear about Christ and all. It's just, that's just, that's just one, another sermon. You're sitting here and, and, and you're hearing about Christ and the blessings that you have in Christ. And it's like water rolling down the back of a duck. Doesn't mean anything to you. I want to say to you, you're about to forfeit the blessings that you have in Christ if you turn from him. These, these, these Jews, if they turn from Christ back to the old covenant, back to the old sacrificial system, they will forfeit the blessings that Christ, that comes with Christ. And if you do not come to Christ and cling to him, you too will forfeit all of God's blessings available in Christ Jesus. So come to him in faith. Come in, come to him in faith and believe what, what the scripture has said. Believe that it is true about him. And so here we have Christ. He's a better priest. But not only is he a, a better priest, he, he ministers in a better sanctuary. We also was, was exposed to this thought previously as well the, the 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 christ and his high priestly ministry the scene uh, where christ takes uh takes care of his ministry is is in the greater and more perfect tent the writer says uh christ uh, he has uh, he has come then through the greater and more perfect tent not made with hands that is not of this creation verse 12 he Enter once and for all into the holy place. Christ, he ministers now. He ministers not in the tabernacle. He, he, he ministers not in an earthly man-made uh, sanctuary, in a man-made tent like the Levitical priests uh, did uh, under the old covenant. No, beloved, our, our great high priest, our high priest, Christ, our high priest, he, he ministers in, in, in the, in the, in the greater and more perfect sanctuary. He has entered into heaven itself. 
for us to represent you and I before God the Father. Christ has entered the heavenly sanctuary as the God-man. He, 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 is, he has entered into and he is seated at the right hand of God. He has accomplished his work and he is now ruling. He is seated. He is ruling. He is reigning. He is governing the church. He is governing the people of God. And he is there. He is seated until he returns for us. <laughs> Christ has entered a more, a greater and more perfect tent. He's, he's in the dwelling place of God. The, the, the old covenant high priest, they, they were only limited to go into the most holy place on the day of atonement. But Christ has entered the heavenly tabernacle. He has taken his place at the right hand of God. He, 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 is, he has done this once and for all. <laughs> Christ is, is settled in heaven. He is seated. He, is, he has entered into the, uh, the, the once and for all into the holy places. And he has, he has done it. He has entered and he is seated and he, is, he has bestowed upon us. The blessings, the good things of the new covenant, they, they have been bestowed upon us. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. For an example, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us because Christ, as, as one who is seated at the right hand, Father sent the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to keep us, to seal us into the day of redemption. But we are already experiencing we are already experiencing the bless some of the blessings that Christ has bestowed upon us as 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 His children. So Christ, He is ministers in a better sanctuary. He's at the right hand of the Father on high. And not only that, not only is He is a better priest, not only is He entered through a better sanctuary, but He offered a better sacrifice. Christ, He entered. Not by he entered this this better and greater uh, uh, sanctuary. Uh, he entered not by means of of the blood of goats and calves. It wasn't by the blood of animals that Christ our Christ our great high priest entered. The blood here is 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 significant. It it points to the fact that it, it refers to 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 life. Leviticus chapter seventeen verse eleven says. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And, and, and it says, uh, and, and I have given it uh, for you on the altar to make atonement for your sins. For it is the blood that makes atonement by life. Christ this, this says it wasn't by the giving of the uh, animal's life that, that Christ has entered the greater and more perfect tent. This, this, this giving of blood, which is the evidence that 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 something died it, it was it, blood is the the evidence of death uh, mole said this blood is shed is not a vehicle of power but an evidence of death it wasn't the evidence that that Christ gave as he he entered the more perfect tent wasn't the blood of animals you know what it was Christ Evidence was his own blood. The Lamb of God, 
the perfect lamb of God, shed his blood. He lived a perfect life. He lived a righteous life. He obeyed the law in every way. It was he who shed his blood. The writer says, by means of his blood, that Christ entered into his priestly ministry by or through his own blood. His blood. His blood is, is that which makes full and, and final atonement for our sins. It wasn't the blood of goats. It wasn't the blood of, 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 the, of the heifer and, 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 and the, the uh, it wasn't that. It, it was Christ. It was, the, it was his blood. Christ, the, the, the mediator, the, the, the one who was promised, the promised Messiah. This is God's solution to the sin problem in the world. You want to know what, how to solve the, the problem of the world? It is the blood of Christ. It is Christ. It is the sacrifice of Christ. That there is no other solution outside of Christ and his perfect sacrifice. This is God's problem. God sent his son to die for our sins. That's the message we take to the world. God sent his son to die for our sins. And, 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 and when you embrace Christ, by faith, God, God gives us his righteousness. It, it is the righteousness, the perfect righteousness of God that is in Christ that God gives to us. And it is only available because of what Christ has done on the cross. Isaiah 53 verse 10 said it was the will of the Lord to crush him. God's God, it was it was God's will that Christ be crushed, that he shed his blood, that he died on the cross. And it was done to show that God's to show God's righteousness. This is what God's righteousness is, is like when 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 it, when it comes against our sin. Christ, he, he crushed Christ. And it's revealed that God is a righteous God. As Pastor Mark said, when, uh, God, when, as he faces our sins, something has, something has to die. The wages of sin is death. And Christ, he has absorbed the wrath of God for us. He willingly drank the cup of God's wrath of, of, of sin. And if we embrace this by faith, beloved. This is a wonderful truth. So, so Christ, he, 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 he is a, a better sacrifice than the sacrifice of animals. Because Christ, the eternal son of God, what, what he wrought in shedding his blood is eternal. And not only is Christ a better sacrifice, his, his sacrifice brought better results. It has secured redemption. The writer goes on. He says, Christ appeared in heaven for us. He, after he had uh, secured eternal redemption, uh, notice the writer says, thus securing, having obtained an eternal redemption. This word securing or obtain, it points back to the cross of Jesus Christ. It was on the cross. It was on the cross when Jesus died that he secured, that he obtained redemption. And notice that it is eternal redemption that Christ's blood has secured. 
it wasn't redemption that was only good for a year. With the, when when the, the high priest offered the, the, the sacrifices on the, the Day of Atonement, it was only good for a year. <laughs> they had to come back and do it again next year. And, 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 and again, the year after that. And, and year after year, they had to come and, on the Day of Atonement and offer blood for the sins of the people. But Christ, his blood has secured eternal redemption. Secure. It's a done deal. Christ's work is, is, is eternal. And notice that it's, it's called redemption. And redemption, it means to, to release by payment of a price. The price, the wages of sin. The payment of sin is what? Death. Christ paid it. Christ, he, he paid it for the elect. Christ paid it for those who are chosen by God. And, and it was his, his death on the cross that secured redemption for those who believe. And, and Jesus said it like this in John 6 and 37. All of that the Father gives me will come to me. This is how effective the blood of Christ is. Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come. <laughs> will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. That's the, the effectiveness of, of the the redemption that Christ has brought about through his death. John 6, verse 39, and it's, uh, Jesus says this, and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. That's, that's, that's all believers. All believers are secure because of the blood of Jesus Christ. His sacrifice brings better results. It brought better results. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 3. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll look at verses 3 and 4. Verse number three says, Paul says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the tense of the verbs. He, uh, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing, blessing in every heavenly places. Even as verse four, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Beloved, if you are a child of God, if you are in Christ because of the blessings uh, that, that we have, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we're blessed with every spiritual. You have available to you every spiritual blessing 
in Christ because of the redemption that he has brought about. Every spiritual blessing. And so this redemption is a it's a it's an actual reality. It's an it's a actual reality for all of God's children in Christ. You are redeemed, beloved. If you are in Christ, if you have trusted in Christ, if you have uh, uh, confessed your sins, you are redeemed. It's a done deal. It's eternal redemption forever. It's a done deal. It's a done deal because of, of, of Christ. We, we're justified in Christ because we're redeemed. Romans chapter 3, verses 24 through 25. We're, we're justified and because of the redemption that Christ has brought about. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, And because of him, because of God, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. It's a, it's a done deal. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. In him, listen to the listen to the tense. In him, we have present tense. We have redemption through his blood and uh, uh, through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the righteous, uh, riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. In Christ, in him, because of the blood that he shed, we have redemption. Turn to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. This is not about feelings. It's not that we feel redeemed. We embrace this truth by faith. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Go up to uh, verse 14. This is the verse that I intended. Verse 14, Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. In whom, talking about the Son, Christ, in whom we have, again, it's a done deal. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Our redemption is a done deal, beloved. Rejoice. Rejoice. Give thanks on a daily basis that the work is complete. When Christ cried out on the cross, it is finished. It was truly finished. The work of redemption was truly finished. Christ has secured eternal redemption. Look at verse 13. It says, for it's the blood of goats and bulls. And we'll stop here. On the day of atonement, the high priest sacrificed a bull as a sin offering for himself and for his family. And there were also selected two goats. Two goats were brought to the tabernacle, to the temple, to deal with the with the sin of the entire nation. So the, the high priest offered a bull for, for his sin and, and for the sin of, of his family. And there was a goat and uh, two goats that were brought to deal with the sin of the nation. That's Leviticus chapter 16, verses 6 through 10. One, one goat 
one goat. They took one goat and, and killed one goat and sprinkled its blood on the mercy seat. It's verses 15 through 19 of, of chapter 16 of Leviticus. The other goat, uh, they, they took the other goat and after they laid hands on it, uh, they lay hands rep and tr represent a transference of the, the sin of the people to, to the goat. To It was called a scapegoat. And this goat was sent out into the wood. It was freed and sent out into the wilderness. Chapter uh, verses 20 through 22 of Leviticus 16. It, it, this represented that the, the sins of the people were taken away. They were taken away from, from the holy camp of Israel. And, 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 but, but, and, and so under... The old covenant goats and uh, and, and uh, the blood of goats and bulls that dealt with the problem of sin. Or, or Kent, uh, R. Phillips said this. Uh, he said that this phrase is a general expression pointing to the the whole sacrificial system of dealing with sin. And so the the blood of goats and bulls point to the fact that that this was uh, a temporary way of dealing with sin. And notice that the writer goes on and says, and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify, uh, sanctify for the purification of the flesh. What did this for, refer to? It was a, when you came in, when, a, when an Israelite came in, in contact with a dead body, anything dead, they were defiled. And, and so this, the, the sprinkling uh, with a sprinkling of a defiled person with the ashes of a health or dealt with the defilement, the defilement of, of sin, defilement of death. According to, to Numbers 19, uh, in Numbers 19, a heifer had to be killed and his ashes spread or uh, sprinkled to make the defiled, the defiled person clean again. And these sacrifices, the, the point that the writer is making that these sacrifices were, were they were just external ceremonial acts they, these were, were things that God uh, permitted uh, the people to, to it, was a, it was part of his grace his provision to the people that enabled them or enabled a worshiper who had come in contact with with that which was dead enabled them to return to the religious life of the nation of Israel the religious life to worship God but these sacrifices were external they only Brought they only cleanse the the outer man, but it couldn't do anything in the heart. And these sacrifices were were temporary, and, and they they could not perfect the con uh, conscience. We read about that in uh, chapter nine, uh, verse number nine, where it says, "Which is uh, symbolic for the present age." According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper. So this dealt with a sin, dealt with sin hourly, but it didn't deal with it in eternal, uh, internal. But notice verse 14, it says, how much more? <laughs> if, if, if these, the, these sacrifice, the sacrifice of goats and bulls, the sacrifice of, of, of a helper for those who are defiled, if these things dealt with sin and defilement under the, the old covenant and aid, able to worship her, to continue to, to worship God, the writer says in verse 14, how much more? <laughs> if, these th if this is true of, of, of these animals, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without blemish to God? 
we'll stop there. Christ offered himself in, in, in obedience and it was uh, he he lived a life that was was a life that was uh, led by by the Holy Spirit that during the incarnation as the God man. He, he obeyed the law perfectly. He fulfilled every promise being led by the Holy Spirit. And 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 it was was Christ and, and his perfect righteousness. The, the, he, he was he was perfect in, in his obedience and in, in all that he did. And, and, and if he died that way, if he died uh, perfectly obeying everything that God commanded, if he died that way and he shed his blood as a sacrifice, uh, the writer saying, how much more will that the blood of Christ who obeyed perfectly, who, who died willingly, how much more will his blood purify our conscience from dead works? Well, the conscience here is a, a point to the this internal warning system that we all have. God has, in a sense, written his moral law on our hearts. And, and when we sin, when when we sin, even uh, as a, a unbeliever, when we when we do something that is wrong, take, for instance, murder, killing someone. If you go over to the to the deepest jungle and you find someone there, you will find that they know that murder is wrong. Why? Because God's moral law has been written on our hearts. And the writer is saying, even for these religious people of Israel, the, the, the offering of the sacrifices that, that, that they offer, it didn't, it didn't do anything for their, for, for their conscience. They still had knowledge of their sin. They still, and, 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 and if, and if you met any uh, Israelite during that time, of the tabernacle and when it was it was still standing they understood they did not go into the tabernacle because their conscience because their conscience was defiled that was one of the reasons why even though they offered sacrifice after sacrifice year after year they understood that they could not approach a holy god but it is christ's blood that it says that purifies our conscience from dead works. Christ shed blood on our behalf. It, it purifies our conscience. We, we, we understand uh, something uh, of, of the forgiveness that, that God gives to us that is available to us in Christ. That's why we rejoice in, in, in Christ and, and what he has done in the cross. That's why we worship. That's why we celebrate because it is the blood of Christ that has, that has, that has brought about cleansing in our, con our conscience. And, and it has done that so that we can serve God. Christ shed blood, it, it makes us, it, Christ shed blood makes us fit, the, the writer says, to serve the living God. Hallelujah. You don't, we don't have to come and, and worship God and pray to God and read his word. We don't have to do it with a, in a, with a sense of, of fear of our sins before God because of what Christ has done. 
And this word serve here, it's a, it's a, it's a special word that, that was used for priestly service to God. Under the, this is significant. Let's, let's get this point. Under the old covenant, who were the ones that can approach, the, who can go into the tabernacle? It was the priests. It was the priest. It wasn't the people. It was the priest that then this is what chapter uh, verses, I mean, uh, verse, uh, verses one through 10 was all about. It was the priest who 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 played a major role in the worship of Israel. The priest, the people brought their sacrifice to the priest. The people brought their gifts to the priest and the priest did all the work. It was the priest who played a major role in, in the worship of the nation of Israel. The people depended upon the priest uh, to, to approach God. They, they depended upon the priest uh, to, to take the sacrifices that brought about uh, temporary reconciliation uh, between them and, and holy God. But, but through Christ, but, but through Christ, he has cleansed our conscience so that we can serve the living God and Peter says of this reality in first Peter chapter two, verses nine through 10, Peter says this. <laughs> Notice the tense again. But you are. Not that you may be. Not that you should be. Peter says this. You are a chosen race. A royal priesthood a holy nation, a people. It's, it's like he just, he's rolling out the worship when he's thinking about that which Christ has purchased. You, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Why? Peter goes on, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Is that, is, is that your testimony? Because you know who you are in Christ, that you're proclaiming the excellencies of God in Christ? Are you ashamed? Or are you letting the world know? Peter goes on, he says, once you were not a people of God, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter one, verses five through six says it this way. It says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him, who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us, verse 6, a kingdom priest to his God and Father. And it's to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That should be the proclamation on our tongues when we come to the house of worship. We've been, our conscience has been so cleansed.
because we we understand the efficacy of the blood of Christ, we can come to this place and worship God unashamedly. Not ashamed of Christ and his blood that he shed for us. To him be glory and dominion forever, every day, every night, every year. To him be glory forever. This is what the table is all about. We're making that proclamation. Matthew Henry commented on this verse in Revelation. He said, quote, sins leave a stain upon the soul, a stain of guilt and of pollution. He says, nothing can fetch out this stain but the blood of Christ. That's why I'll stop here reading the statement. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter eight, verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Christ paid the price. He says, nothing can fetch out this thing but the blood of Christ. And rather that it should not be perfect or clear conscience, uh, a clear conscience ashed, or ashed out. Christ willing, Christ was willing to shed his blood, to purchase pardon uh, and purity for them, his people, end quote. Christ freely, it was, it's the blood of Christ that, that rids us of the guilt of sin because Christ paid the price. Christ paid the price for your sin. And if you, and this, this, this doesn't mean that we're going to live perfect lives, but it does mean when we sin, John, John says that, that we, we confess our sins. We confess them because God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us. It is, it is, it is, it is Christ and, and all that he is as, as our high priest that makes this reality true for us. And Paul said it, I think in the best way we can put it, he said it this way in Galatians chapter two, verse 20. He, he understood who he was in Christ. He understood Christ. He understood what God had, had done for him in Christ. Through the crucified Christ, he said this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It, it, again, is that your testimony? If somebody asks why it is that, that you, you go to church, why it is that you live the life for God, why it is that you live the life that you live for the glory of Jesus Christ, is your answer like the Apostle Paul? It's because I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. 
but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, he said, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Does these words mean anything to you, beloved? Do they move your heart to praise and worship God? Do they move you to deny yourself and to deny your desires, to to deny what you want and to live for Christ? Christ gave his all. He, He died on the cross willingly for you and I so that we might live for God. That's why he did it. So as I close, God's remedy for sin is Christ. Christ alone. God's solution for a guilty conscience, guess what? It's Christ and Christ alone. It is the blood of Christ. It is knowing that Christ shed his blood willingly and he he embraced and he paid the price for our sin. The wages of sin is death. Christ paid it for us so that we might experience all the blessings. All the blessings. Blessings that are available now. Blessings that will come in the future. All the blessings of being in the kingdom of God. And while we're here, it frees us to serve, to serve one another, to to serve uh, the, the church of Jesus Christ. To, to serve in a way that is that is done that is that is service with joy and happiness because of who Christ is, not because of what people may think about us, not because of of what somebody you know if I did this it may it may make them think this way about me. No, beloved, our service, what we do for Christ, should be because of what Christ has done, should be motivated by our love for Him. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that for those of us who are in Christ, for those of us who who has been chosen for salvation, who have acted upon the salvation that is available in Jesus Christ, we thank you that we have the blessing of a clear conscience, and 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 Father, yes, we we sin, and and oftentimes more than more than we would like, we wander away, and we go out for a season of sin here and there. But you, the blood of Christ is is so effective that Paul says nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. How blessed we are to be your people. We, we, how blessed we are to know Christ and to, to have the, the, uh, the blessings that, that come with his cross. How blessed we are to have those blessings poured out upon us, lavishly, lavishly poured out upon us because of your grace. 
we should be the most happiest people in this world. And Father, when we forget and, and, and we thank you for the table, and we thank you for even the season that we're about to go in, the, the, uh, where we celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. We thank you that these are realities that, that we celebrate every year that remind us, that remind us of, of what Christ has done. And Father, this, this season that we're entering into is one of the seasons in which people are depressed more than ever. And, and I pray, Father, that, that if uh, someone in this congregation is dealing with depression or will be dealing with depression during this Christmas season, that they will remember Christ, that they will remember that Christ, he suffered the greatest hurt and harm that anybody could suffer. He suffered the greatest evil. He died at the hands of wicked men who put him to death. And he suffered willingly so that we may have peace with God, so that we may be able to rejoice in everything. It is when we focus upon Christ that we can have the joy of Christ. We thank you, Father, that Christ has done the work. The work is completed, and it is, it is completed, and it is sufficient and efficacious for all eternity. We'll never have to worry about whether or not we're accepted before you because of what Christ has done. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that, the, the, this, this truth that we come to understand on the pages of Scripture. Thank you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.